Before we begin today's episode, we wanted to let you know that it contains discussions of sensitive topics, including physical and sexual violence. I'm Pamela Portnoy, and no one's okay. Welcome back to No One's Okay. I am back. I am here today with an actor, a writer, a producer, the owner of Hot Shot Self Tapes. His name is Jonathan Stanley. Hi, Jonathan. Hi, Pamela. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming in today. It's so nice to see you, even though I just saw you like two hours ago. Two hours ago. (laughs) I'm... I'm blessed to be here thanks for having me i'm gonna start getting self-conscious it's weird because like why if people think i'm natural i just had this conversation 20 minutes ago with this actor that just i was leaving he was coming for a self-date yeah and he said like he's like dude i seen your videos on instagram man you're you're a natural extrovert and i was like honestly though i'm not you do seem that way because Here's where my tangent comes in. I was going to tell you, I'm better when I don't have a template. I was going to, like, I get these ideas and I was going to send them to you. Like, it'd probably be cool to hit these, but then I'm I'm, I'm going to be worthless. And I don't like, I don't like um, planning. I'm not like a cerebral guy when it comes to that. Because then it might be, I want, I want everything to be like off the cuff and, and spontaneous. That's actually how I like it too. And it's funny because literally every time I've had a conversation with you, it has been like insightful and deep and like sometimes you make me cry (laughs) but like in a good way Um, like literally i it sometimes it's better that's where the good stuff is when it's not planned i think so the happy accidents and that even applies to self-tapes yes which you're an expert in oh yeah oh maybe Maybe. i'd like to think so (laughs) you definitely are can (laughs) can you tell our audience a little bit about your journey where where did you start and how did you get to this moment in time sitting in front of me at this table oh well that it depends which which i think everything starts from man it's like a like a pinball machine i don't know what that's so tricky to answer because i look back in retrospect in life and i'm like man if one little one little shift could have changed everything. Yes. You know? Yeah. And my life has been such a series of situations like that. And, you know, it probably starts in childhood. Mm-hmm. Doesn't most of everything start in childhood? I would say so. I think... Um... A lot of like our drive and the reasons that we do what we do kind of come from childhood and our families and the friends that we have, you know, Mm -hmm. we cultivate as children, probably. Yeah. I mean, I'm not an expert in that area, but I would assume so. Yeah, I think it starts there, which is like if we're talking about the extrovert thing, I was always a shy kid and you don't come off that way now at horrible, all. Horrible. My brother, God rest his soul, used to make fun of me because like girls would like me and he's like being the big brother. And he's like, dude, what the hell's up, man? 
she likes you. What's going on? And I just like would shut down. What I, was it about it? Do you think? Um, I don't know. I was I was a shy kid. I remember my mom used to take me in the Salvation Army, and I was thinking about that the other day because I posted something about like the Salvation Army, whatever, on Instagram. And I was thinking about like my mom used to take me in the Salvation Army, and I would like this lady would come over and she'd compliment like comment on my eyelashes. I'm like three years old. And I would just grab my mom's leg. I was like a mama's boy. Yeah. Always was. And that never I never shook that until I was forced to. So what ended up happening, the reason I I didn't know there was a such thing as an introvert extrovert. I guess there is. Yeah. I learned that in an acting class. The teacher's like, oh you're an introvert introvert extrovert. Mm-hmm. Because here's what I think. I could be wrong. Right. I quit school at 15. I have an eighth grade education. Growing up poor, no type of like privilege for me. I had to come up with ways to get people to like me. And you would test that out like kind of would you do something and see how it lands and then get that information and then try it again? I think so. I started doing magic. That was my first thing. So cool. Yeah. <laughs> it was my first love as a kid. That is really cool. It was magic. And I would go and learn magic tricks and I'd go and do them for my parents. I'm like, wow, that's that's cool. And I was the youngest of three. I got two older brothers. My one passed a year and a half ago. Um, I'm sorry. Thanks. And I knew that, but I just every oh, when you tell me that, I oh. just feel the need. I'm sorry. Thank you. Uh, I th- I, th- I think I did it for for attention, right? <laughs> Most magicians are probably introverts, and I remember in school, switch schools, I'd have like a click. As a kid, we, we went to Catholic school in Detroit, and I was like kind of popular in my grade then we switched schools in hmm, fifth grade and then I went to another school and I felt out of place and I would dance and do like jokes to fit in like I I would dance and then I'd like tell jokes because I felt like out of place interesting always have were you the only one in the group doing that yeah like I would just be like uh I ain't got no friends let me talk shit in class, try to be the class clown to make friends, and then I would dance, and then that would kind of work a little bit. So you would feel like you were trying to fit in, but really you were standing out. I I guess, but it didn't, it never clicked. Like, I was never popular. Interesting. No, I wasn't popular. I was not, I wasn't popular. Maybe okay. at the, like, no, nah, I wasn't popular. Nope. If I try to look and think, like, I remember my brother thought I was, but no, I wasn't. And then we, I switched schools again um, at seventh grade and went from, how do we, here's the thing. Like, I can give you surface shit, right? Yeah. But then, or... like, if we, like, the reason I think people... The reason I do this, mm-hmm. I do pro- pro- part of it, probably a fucking ego thing. Maybe I like hearing my myself talk, but 
what I really think is because when we get into my story, maybe people think it's interesting. I don't, I don't fucking know. Cause I hope that someone is like me and they listen and go, Oh shit, this like, I was a fuck up like this guy and he's given me hope. I didn't have anyone necessarily to give me hope. Right. It's interesting that you're using the word fuck up because fuck up is in the eye of the beholder, number one. Mm. And very clearly your journey is, everyone's journey is unique and it's landed you where you are today. Right. And I think like if someone doesn't know me good, they, most people probably, I assume, think I'm like kind of maybe not a square because I notice I probably don't come off too much like a square but no. I, I, I okay. <laughs> there's times I, there's times I could, but you know I've gotten better about. Here's the truth, because I was born in in Southwest Detroit in the ghetto. My whole family is very ghetto. Mm-hmm. When I say ghetto, ghetto, right? Everyone in my family was poor. My parents worked their ass off for peanuts, and we we just stayed poor my whole life, right? My mom worked for like three bucks an hour, literally in a bakery to put us through Catholic school because they didn't want us to go into public school in Detroit because it's just a shithole, right? So we're going to Catholic school, altar boy, the whole thing. Well, like, so the first Catholic school we go to, me and my brothers were altar boys and the fucking priest beat the fuck out of my brother. Holy shit. Right. And 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 the motherfucker was a pedophile. So this is where like the real shit comes in. Mm-hmm. Some shit I don't like. <laughs> Some shit I don't talk about much. I'm just going to keep it fucking real because who knows I can get hit by a fucking bus. You know what I mean? This is why I do God this. God forbid, but yes. But but because at least I, I'm, you know what I mean? This is why I do this because like I'm a pretty private person and there's shit I don't like to talk about. But at the same time, like my brother died in a car accident like that. His story's done, right? He took everything with him. And that makes me think too, like at the same time, like, fuck, if I mean, if I die, like, that's it. And what if, yeah, I keep some shit secret and private, but then what if some kid in the ghetto is like, needs to hear what I got to say, right? 100%. That's why I do this, you know? So we go to Catholic school. Uh, the priest, my my brother James, the, who's 16 months older than me, we were all altar boys. And he was talking during class and the priest calls him up. This is 19, um, fuck what? 1990, say. Mm -hmm. Priests can do what they want in 1990. It's unheard of, right? Right. So he calls my brother up in class, pulls his ears, smacks him, fucking beats the fuck out of him in front of the whole class. Now, my older brother, Maurice, who's five years older, he was the captain of the altar boys. He's seen this and... Fuck, and we lived across the street from the church. So he goes and tells my dad, and my dad's a nutcase. My dad's a hothead. Mm-hmm. He goes over there and threatens the priest and is like, I will fucking kill you if you ever put your hands on my son. Mm-hmm. Right? They yank us out of the fucking school, put us in another Catholic school. Now, so I'm in, now I was out, here's, here's, here's the kicker, and there's, there's something to this, right? I was on the honor roll from fucking first grade to fifth grade. Mm-hmm. 
and you know what I mean? I, I, I was just on the honor roll. Uh, maybe I found a groove or whatever. And then we switched schools and I do, I, I do sixth and seventh grade at this new Catholic school, trying to fit in whatever, do half-ass okay. And then we move from Detroit. My mom hurt, fucked her back up at work, won a little bit of money in a lawsuit and got us out of the ghetto and moved us north, like in this country ass area right before my 12th birthday. And now in, in the public school, didn't fucking click. Now, the minute I left, not, couldn't make friends, didn't fit in, felt like I didn't fit in. Seventh grade, um, I'm doing horrible. It's a new school. have no friends. Fucking math teacher. This is, this is to me like, I don't know. This is why I am the way I am. But so when I tell you fuck up, this, you'll, never see, you'll see where I'm coming from. So the math teacher tells my mom, your kid needs special ed. She's like, get the fuck out of here. He's like, no, I need special ed. They give me a tutor. So I fail. I mean, like, I, I fucking suck. I can't get the math, right? And so did they hold me back? I think they held me back seventh grade. They held me back seventh grade because I was actually young for my age. I was one of those November babies. Mm -hmm. And they didn't want me there anyways. Like, I was ahead of the game. Yeah. So they held me back seventh grade. That fucked me up. Like, shit, man, I fucking failed. The tutor didn't work. I couldn't get pre-algebra, you know? Eighth grade, pass. Then fucking going to ninth grade school just ain't clicking for me. Mm -hmm. Going to ninth grade, start skipping a ton, getting in fights, have no credits. They put me in this class that is kind of i guess like special ed you spend the hour or two in there with these these older teachers and they'd help you do your homework and shit mm -hmm. and going i failed ninth grade if you can fail technically i did because i was going in the my second year of ninth grade second year of high school i had no credits and i fucking quit at 15 mm -hmm. and just started washing dishes and uh because we were poor and just shit wasn't wasn't good you know what I mean? We didn't have any money. And I was like, man, fuck, I want money. You know? Mm -hmm. And um, everyone talks shit when I when I dropped out of school. Rightfully so. They probably, I mean, this is 97. People ain't dropping out of school. Right. You know? But People had a very, um, like a more black and white approach to education yeah. back then, I think. Yeah. And I had, this is going to sound crazy. I didn't, like, I used to, no lie skip school and watch workout videos and go to the library and go to the gym. Not, I never smoked weed till this day. Wasn't getting high. Wasn't doing anything stupid. I had to like grow up quicker because I was like, man, fuck, I don't want to be poor. I don't want to be poor. You know, I went without everything you could go without. Hot water, heat, all that shit. Yeah. We were poor. And that made me feel like shit too. Not having good school clothes, not being able to afford on-brand shoes. So people would make fun of my shoes and then I'd have to wear 
off-brand clothes and shit. And then if my parents couldn't afford school clothes. Now, here's the thing to where I go. This isn't me being a, like, I had two parents that stayed married for 40-something years before my mom died. I had a, that was a privilege. I had a privilege that at least I had two parents that stayed together and loved me. Mm -hmm. I get that. But from the standpoint of being, and that was like priceless, being poor was the best thing that can happen to me. Because I couldn't fuck up. There was zero room for me to fuck up mm-hmm. at all. I had two older brothers and I'd watch them do do stuff and drink and all that shit. So I'm watching. I'm like, I can't do that. Can't do that. Can't do that. I want I want nice things. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, st- I quit school at 15. Started like, actually, I started cutting grass. I, I was in school. Me and my buddy started cutting grass because I just wanted on-brand school clothes. So me and him would cut grass. And that was the first time I was able to buy, like, on-brand clothes. Mm-hmm. And then I quit school at 15, started washing dishes for 5 bucks an hour. And then I started doing concrete. That was paying 5 bucks an hour. Moved out at six, right around 16, 17. I moved out on my own. Got a place. Started working in a factory. and Because I just knew... Like, something told me, and this is going to sound crazy. No, it's not, probably. Something fucking told me. Like, people would say to me, like, dude, what are you going to do? I remember older people being like, what are you going to do? Because my dad did drywall and construction. Like, what are you going to do? You're going to do drywall with your dad? Like, what are you going to do? And it's almost as if there was always something in me going, dude, you're fine. You got it. Like, there was, it didn't, like, I didn't know what, but there was some voice in me saying, like, Just fucking go. This is leading somewhere. Yes. And I couldn't explain it. And I thought everyone had that. Because I was 17 working in a factory. And I was the... I I lied my age. I actually lied my age to work at like this fucking sugar beet factory. And like that's... That's that's like my life. I look back and I don't talk about this shit enough. So things are going to get juxtaposed. Because it's shit I never talked about. Yeah. And... But... uh. Yeah, I lied my age to work at this factory when I was 17. And then the lady's like, why'd you lie? She found out. Why'd you lie? I was like, because I need fucking money. You know what I mean? And I'd start working and I'd give my mom money. They tried opening a, a business. Like my mom tried opening a business and it failed. And then she tried opening an antique store. And that, that kind of struggled. So I always felt good like giving my mom money. So like that was a thing of like, you need money? Fuck, that ain't no big deal. You know what I mean? Even though I didn't have like a ton and I was working in a factory, I'd still give her money. And then, um, yeah, so I was working in a factory. Then I got my own place. You know, I got this little fucking apartment that was like 200. When you were 16, 17? Yeah, I just turned wow. 17. And you had lied and said you were 18. <laughs> to get the job at this right, right, factory. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think the guy I rented off of, I think I told him I was 17. And, um, I just thought of something else. That's how my mind works. I right? it's, I love it. Because I was hustling. Like, I was, as a kid, I would hustle. Like, in Catholic school, me and my brother would sell uh, cassette tapes. We'd go to the dollar store if we wanted, like, chips and shit at school. We'd, we'd record songs off the radio, like rap songs. And then we'd sell them at school. 
now we got enough to go back to the dollar store and we get a three pack. It was just arbitrage. And we would just do that. And we would do that to make money. So I had that hustler mentality. That's a good thing of growing up poor. And my parents were hustlers. They, my mom would take, like, go to garage sales, buy something, and then sell it for more. So that was always in me. That's so funny because a lot of people have to learn that once they decide what they want to do. Mm. Whereas you already had that skill before you really understood where you were supposed to be and go. I look now and you see guys like Gary Vee or people like talking about that and the shit that like I used to get embarrassed to go to garage sales. But the stuff like that's why I don't complain about being poor. It was the best thing that can happen to me because I look in retrospect but at the time, I asked my mom, I'll never forget this. I was probably six. I went up to my mom and I asked her if we were poor and she said, yeah. And I fucking ran off and just fucking cried and cried and cried. Just, I don't fucking know why. I'm surprised I even knew what poor was. I was like, are we poor? And she's like, yeah. And I just fucking lost it. And I went off and just started fucking crying. And that shit stung. But it was the thing of, That that made me, right? And I had an uncle that was. I had an uncle that was a pimp, mm-hmm. and a drug dealer, mm-hmm. and I fucking like idolized him. He had money. Now here's the difference. This is like, my dad and my mom were really street, but when they had us, they 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 got their shit together and they didn't fuck around. And they wouldn't do anything that was, my mom would not do anything wrong. Mm-hmm. She wouldn't steal, none of that shit. Same with my dad. And But my uncle was like, make money even if it's wrong. And he had a fucking Cadillac and we'd go over his house and he'd fucking have girls there. And so me and my brother would go down and he was selling dope. Now my, he was in his 60s. White dude in the ghettos of Detroit, gray beard, looked like ZZ Top. Mm-hmm. Exactly like ZZ Top. Mm-hmm. And he'd sit there, he'd have a gun in his waist, and he's he's selling dope. But then he's got this these rooms full of this is why I say I jump around. I know I, my my stories jump around because like, No, one I'm thing following. I'll, We're following. One thing'll lead to another. I'm I'm stuck in like this I'm seventeen still. And at this point I got my own place. It's only two hundred and fifty bucks a month. So me and my brother would drive back down to the city and buy this shit. People would steal shit and sell it to my uncle for drugs. And he'd have this room. And he was, he was, a, he was a, a fucking hard ass. Did time for murder. Wow. He wasn't a, God bless him. You know what I mean? But this is, um, he went through foster care, right? He, he got taken from my grandma, put in foster care, fucking what, beat, molested, all that shit. What, what happens to a guy like that? Right. That's why I think with the acting, like people, you might say, oh man, that fucking dude was a pimp and a drug dealer and did murder. But you don't know someone's story. He didn't stand a chance. You take some three, four-year-old little boy, little girl from their parents and stick them in foster care, they're done. They don't stand a fucking chance. You're done. By the time you're 10, you take a kid and, 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 and fucking molest them and beat them, they're done. Odds are they're done. You might get like There those. are some stories that are, you know. They're outliers. Outliers, for sure. Right? And people stand up and go, well, look, I was beat and molested and my dad was a drunk and I went through foster care and I'm a lawyer. Yeah, well, you're lucky. You know what I mean? And not to make excuses, but I, 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 I'd be remiss if I didn't, I didn't say that. That's, that's his story, you know? 
But yeah, so we'd go over his house. He'd have a, a room full of shit. And he would uh, let us, <clears throat> sometimes he'd give us credit. It wasn't like, take what you want. You're my nephews. We'd buy shit and then we'd take it and sell it, resell it. And that's what I'm doing. <laughs> that's what I'm doing at 17. And I'm like, man, he's 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 a pimp. That's cool. He's got a Cadillac. Let's let's go buy shit from Uncle Eddie and then and then flip it. So I would do shit like that to make extra money. And then uh like it's fucking winter time. My my fucking heat gets shut off. It's Christmas. And Christmases were lean, you know what I mean? Like Times were like tough then, and my mom always hated Christmas because she'd never had money to buy a shit. Mm -hmm. And I was like, "Fuck, man!" It's like I we didn't care, you know what I mean? As kids, like growing up, they would do everything to get us gifts, and then you know there was like a lot of a lot of times as like a teenager and we got older, it's just money was tight. So it was it was Christmas time and. I remember I'm using my stove like it's an old ghetto thing. Just For heat. Yeah, just yeah. open the fucking oven. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm, I go outside and it's winter. I have no fucking hot water, no heat. And I'm staring at the fucking gas meter on the side of the building. And they put this little fucking thing on it. Like they'll shut it off and they put a little like lock on it. And I'm like, man, how the fuck can I get that off? I want to break that off. But if I get caught, they're going to know. So I'm like, man, fuck it. So I just didn't do it. Went back inside and then i'm working in a factory and working midnights and walking through the like in snow and yeah that was sometimes i don't think about this enough or talk about it so the like the timeline just gets a little bit skewed for sure that that happens with memory all the time i sometimes think it 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 just happens over time not so much because you're not talking about it because even if you do talk about it it changes maybe Maybe. And then, yeah, so that was like 17, 18. I st I'm, I'm doing landscaping, get another place, and I'm just fucking struggling. And, and poverty is like, I was thinking about this the other day, because poverty is, is, is kind of like an addiction, right? I used to judge people for being, you know, drunks or whatever the whatever the fuck but the poverty is the same way and someone's got to break it right my parents parents were poor and then everyone in their family was poor and my parents are poor and no one like showed them anything and it's it's all they know and i was like fuck i gotta like and no one showed me no one showed me no one in my family had good credit no one in my family had a fucking college degree my parents were both dropouts my brothers were both dropouts so when i say this is why i do that because I had to fucking learn by my ass. Like, I had to go through all this shit to figure it out. No one was like, dude, you're my you're my protege. I'm going to be your mentor. There was none of that. Like, I'd have to learn and screw up and be like, man, what do I have to do to get good credit? And we just, like, bounced around houses, couldn't keep a house, things would get foreclosed on and shit like that. Just fucking poor. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? But I'm blessed that that's the case because I don't think I would be here. If I grew up with money and parents that were able to help me and I'd probably just be another boring ass white boy. I honestly believe that. Like just, eh. You know what I mean? But it was it was the things that made me. Um, like, and of course that's why I started like the 
the stripping, you know. How did it feel? Because you started at 19, right? Mm-hmm. How did it feel your first time? Dancing? Mm-hmm. You know, it was weird. I um, I was getting fucking kicked out of my place, you know. I had literally fucking got kicked out of every place I lived in at that point at 19. You know what I mean? Yeah. We couldn't pay the fucking rent. And we just kept getting fucking shuffled around. Right. And then same thing. So I'm, I'm, re, I'm, I'm, now I'm reliving that. You know what I mean? I can't fucking pay my rent. My rent's only 250, 300 bucks, but I'm just making probably not making enough money and I'm not making good financial decisions. So I'm like behind on my rent. And it sounds like some cliche movie, but I'm, I'm just, I'm just keeping it real. Um, I just like broke up with a girl I was dating and I just got in shape and, my my buddy's girl, they went to like some bachelorette party and we we're all riding our bikes. And she's like, oh, we went to this strip club, da, 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 da. You should go try out. And I'm like, now at this point, I'm kind of naturally good dancer. Dancing was like, I always loved dancing. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like Where I, would you dance? At clubs. Like I would go to clubs when I was like 16 and I was the only. Really? Yeah. I was the only dude that can dance. Did you have like a fake ID or were they clubs that allowed people that were under 18, like an under 18 Oh, you know what? I used a lot of fake IDs. (laughs) I've never had a fake ID ever. I've only went to, like until I was 21, like I went to like the under 18. Oh, shit. I think there was like one called Tiger Heat in LA. Tiger (laughs) Heat. Have you been there? No. But that sounds dope. Tiger Heat. It was like the one that you would go to, like late high school or college. Anyway, yes. That's awesome. You would dance. I would get, my boy had a fake ID and I, I was 16 hanging out with 19 year olds. And then like, they all like, like, dude, go out there. Right. So then I'd go out there and then like girls liked it and shit. And even at 16, I was the only dude in the club that could dance. And like white dudes, this is fucking in the nineties, white dudes dancing was like, White dudes can't dance, but this fucking dude's good. So that was a thing of like, oh, shit. You know what I mean? I can use that as like social currency. I'm so (laughs) curious because for a guy that was like really shy around girls, how how did that change? Did that change through dancing? It helped. And you know what? The reason like I became a good dancer, like my mom could dance and she would dance with me as a little baby. Yeah. Right. And, you know, the hood in me was that like you know music and dancing and shit like that so i had that and i would just dance constantly and then i think when you know testosterone kicks in and shit but i was still like stupid shy like yeah you know i didn't have sex till i was 17 and there was girls throwing it at me before then interesting which was weird and my boys like dude what the what the hell man like what's up dude like what's going on bro Cause like there would be girls like, and I'm like, I don't know. It was just the thing of like, I don't know. And what, what the thing was once I hit like 16, of course I started like maybe opening up a little bit more, but it was that thing of like, okay. So the shy thing was here I go jumping around and look, I'm getting nervous. I'm like, twisting <laughs> no, you're, you're that means you're getting good shit out of me. Oh, I love what you're, you ha- first of all, your story is incredible. I'm, I know the broad strokes, the but version. I love that I'm getting, this is a PG version. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> I know that I, I appreciate you and I appreciate 
your vulnerability and you're sharing with me. So that's what we do as artists, right? That's so true. Like, it would have took me forever to like talk about this shit ten years ago. I would have been over there probably fucking crying. Well, this is like <laughs> the gold that you know. I'm sure you still draw from and learn from mm -hmm. and grow from. Yeah, yeah, it is. It, it's. Yeah, I realize that now. Yeah. I realize that now. Like all the things that I thought were shortcomings uh, or advantages, they really are. Yeah. Like my trauma in has been. Isn't that just the way? My trauma's my armor. Fuck yeah. <laughs> it's the best yes, thing. Yes, it is. And that's why rejection doesn't mean shit to me. Especially because very clearly like it's been some time and you've worked through it and you've like learned from and you've, you've you've taken things from it rather than I don't know how to explain it um fallen to it fallen from it yeah that's the thing like I talk like my dad uh, my dad's been through the ringer if I told you my dad's story you'd think it's a miracle he didn't blow his fucking brains out um it's 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 one thing to talk to people that are like I don't I I don't I don't judge I do I do judge because I'm a fucking human but I'm 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 slow to like like when I see homeless people and I and I'll I'll dude you don't know someone's someone's story you never know someone's story you know what I mean mm -mm. so what I like is people that have I have a a, a a predilection if that's the right word for people that are like. Fuck ups. I love like if you put me in a room full of fuck ups and sinners, I'm going to feel good. I'm going to feel like at home, you know, because I get it. I get the damaged goods. Then also even more, I love like people that came through it. And I'm like, shit, now that's fucking impressive. Like people that just been through the fucking ringer. And I'm trying to be that. Not like on some holier than now shit, but I feel like it puts you in a position to talk about it. if I'm like, dude, you know, I went through fucking all this shit and there's there's hope you can you know you can get your shit together that's cool you know i still learn from people that are like you know maybe they they never did get it right like my uncle died there was a pimp and a murder got shot and he ended up dying fucking broke and alone you know lost everything like in kids didn't his kids didn't want anything to do with him but that's how he that's how he died you know what i mean mm -hmm. and that's that side of it as a kid i was like man that's fucking sweet he's a pimp he's a drug dealer i don't want to fucking deal drugs i want money i want a cadillac because you're kind of looking at it on the surface when you're younger <laughs> yeah i remember being a kid being like i just man why couldn't i have rich parents yeah he had he had money he had money yeah. and that was the thing of like fuck i want i want money and if you would ask me as a kid, like, dude, would you rather rich parents? I'd probably been like, fuck yeah. Now? Hell no. I look back and I'm like, fuck. Oh, my God. Because here's the thing. I mean, the grass is always greener, sort always. of. Right? You know? Yeah. There are, there are issues that come with every walk of life. Yes. Yeah. Just very different yeah. issues to work on later when you're an adult. Yeah, yeah, and we we all got our like story, but the things that, which is like probably why the rejection doesn't like fucking. I've been through 
this is, <laughs> I've been through so much shit. Like I've pissed in toilets that were frozen because we didn't have fucking heat and I pissed in the toilet and it's fucking ice. The reason I started running, let me tell you something. And I'd never told this story. This is, the reason I started running is 15, 15 years old because we didn't have heat. And I was like, fuck, I got to take a cold shower. So I went and ran to get hot. Mm. And I would fill up these fucking laundry detergent things with water and dump it on me. That's why I started running. But let me tell you something. I've been addicted to running ever since. They wanted me to join the track team. The track teacher was like, man, this fucking kid, I see him running through town. I'm 14, 15. He wanted me to join track. And I was like, but I don't, I don't do it for that reason. It became for me. Like then I was like, fuck, I actually like running. I'm, I'm getting high. The reason I started running was just because we didn't have fucking heat. And I wanted wow. to dump cold water on me without fucking flipping out. Yeah. And all, I used to hitchhike to the gym because it had hot water. So I bought a gym membership. It was 30 mm-hmm. bucks a month. And then we, I would like find a way to hitchhike there just because like the, the fucking water was hot. Right. And then there was a point we didn't, this is something else I never told. We didn't, we had to fucking live in the back of my mom's antique store because we didn't, we didn't have a house and girls would ask me, where do you live? And I'm like fucking making shit up. I don't want to say we were like a technically, I don't want to know if you could say that's fucking homeless, but there was fucking five of us living in the fucking back of my mom's antique store at like 16, 17. And I felt fucking worthless. Yeah. For like the biggest part of my life, for real, I felt like I didn't, like, I felt legit like I don't belong in this world. Like, I'm taking up space. Like, I don't belong here. I'm just, like, I'm fucking nothing. That's how I felt. For real. Yeah, but you know what? It wasn't until, like, I didn't know, like what i had if it was like you know now i look and i'm like fuck i wish i could have told myself like dude you're half ass okay man you know what i mean like dude you got some some skills and shit whatever you know Mm -hmm. but i just felt fucking worthless because people would talk shit about me dropping out my family was poor we were looked down upon and i'm like dude i'm just like fucking garbage man i'm fucking garbage and i would just like sit and visualize like nice things there was no law of attraction there was no one told me to visualize well i feel like the focus on um there there was the the focus that we have on mental health today is way more um is taken way more seriously now Mm -hmm. and and you know i don't know what that would qualify under like the law of attraction the law of attraction it would be like um like self-care, I don't think that was like a term really no. used back then. No. Like this is all relatively new. Oh, like yeah. addressing childhood trauma, that's relatively new. Like yeah. everything um so you're 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 dealing with all these things that were kind of just there and not really talked about or supported. Yeah, there was like <laughs> I did it as a form of escape. I wanted nice shit. And we were in this fucking piece of shit house. It was, I probably got kicked out of my first apartment. And then we had to go stay in this fucking just piece of shit house that they ended up tearing down. And, you know, I'm still working in this fucking factory. And 
I would sit, I had this fucking piece of shit fucking bed and like a space heater and I'd throw my fucking blanket over the space heater so it could fucking like blow hot air, no hot water again. I would sit and visualize nice things. All I had. Was it comforting? Oh, yeah. It was an escape. I'm like, yeah. I would just picture myself like having a nice car, having like a place that's like nice and mm-hmm. presentable and like then shit would click and like fuck that that came out of nowhere there was no there was no one that fucking told me to do that so when you started dancing was that kind of like one of the first times that you felt oh there's something a brewing yeah cuz i well, I'll tell you how I got into that. I was getting, like I said, I was getting kicked out. And then I didn't even have the money to go to amateur night. So I call these fucking people and I'm like, hey, uh, you know, what do I do to get hired? He's like, oh, it's an amateur night. Da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. So I write a bad check. The guy I'm renting off of is owns the liquor store two doors down. Mm-hmm. He owns this building. So I'm like, fuck it. If I write, but writing checks back then, I'm like, if I write a check. I still write checks occasionally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this trick I'm getting ready to tell you makes sense. <laughs> I was like, if I write this now, he's not going to cash this shit for two days. So he's not, uh, I might be able to get the money in there. So I take a fucking bag of bottles and I don't even have insurance on my car. I can't afford insurance. I take a bag of pop bottles and I write a, uh, write a check and I got enough mo- gas money to go to amateur night. And I go and I win. It's in Windsor, Ontario, which is Canada. Uh-huh. In case you don't know geography like <laughs> me. It's across the border. Like Detroit, you go yeah. right across the border. Boom. So I go, I win, and I win 50 bucks Canadian. Ooh. And I take that shit right to like this Canadian fucking liquor store and they give me like 36 bucks. I'm like, sweet. I can go home. You know, I got, I got like, I can clear the check. That's what barely had enough. And then, so I do the amateur night. I'm like fucking sick to my stomach. I'm, I'm, I'm scared. Yeah. And the guy's like, come back in, in a week and I'll, I'll introduce you to the manager. So I go back down and this is a full nude club. Really? Yeah. Okay. Full nude. And the girls can drink. Yeah. In Canada. That's so interesting because is that a state? Country thing. Country thing. Okay. Yeah. And might, there might be some. No, you can't do that in the States. I know you can't do that in California. Or Vegas. Okay. If the bottoms come off, there's no, no alcohol. No drinking. Mm-hmm. But in, in Canada, it was like, no, it's full nude and there's alcohol. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, and I'm like skinny. I mean, like people didn't think I was 19. If you seen a picture of me at 19, you'd be like, he's 15. Wow. Yeah. And I'm skinny. I'm 60 pounds lighter than what you're looking at. Wow. Yeah. I'm 159 pounds. And the manager's like, dude, you're skinny, man. But he's like... Uh, but you can dance. Yeah. The other <laughs> manager was like, look, man, he can dance. And he's like, well, you got to put on some weight. And then he says to me, uh, I'll give you the PG version. <laughs> he's like, I got to see it. Really? I'm like, fuck. Now here I am. Yeah. And they're both standing there. I'm broke. Yeah. Like any, like, 
you know, I need some, I need some money. So I just, you know, I'm like, cool. All right. I stand up and pull my pants down. He's like, okay. So they send you this, they give you this contract. You got to like get a license and, uh, you got to get a work visa and a license. Cause you got to get naked. You can't go work in Canada if you're taking jobs from other people. Like I couldn't get a job at that strip club as a bartender. Cause I'm taking a job from other Canadians. But you could take a job in LA. I mean, not in, in De- Detroit. Yeah, but as a stripper, you're not taking jobs from Canadians because Canadians ain't lining up to be strippers. So I had to get a work visa and a license. And then I had to go borrow money from one of my buddies. I'm like, dude, I got this job, but I need money. So he goes to ATM. He gives me a couple hundred bucks so I can get the license. Now I can work. But I ain't making no fucking money. Like, it's, you know, some older woman, they're looking at me like, yeah, I guess he's cute. But I didn't have, like, a groove. Like, I could dance, but I didn't understand the 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 business. There was, like... The showmanship? Yeah. The, what is that? The thing, the X factor? Yeah, you know is what? Is that what that is? I, it's got to be because I was just going out. Like, I had all this young 19-year-old testosterone energy look see you got me talking my bracelets off and I'm <laughs> clicking that shit man people are gonna be like, that's um so like i had like i'd come out and i'd be dancing and i'm like this works in the club so i'm doing like club dancing but no i mean like i'm now mind you i'm driving two hours each way right six days a week i'm not making any money and nights, too. Nights. I'd get off 2 in the morning and drive all the way back. It'd be like legit driving from downtown L.A. to Palm Springs six days a week. That's a lot. That's insane. Yeah. And I'm not making any money. None. I'm like, fuck. So, and then, like, I'd, ma- I'd make, like, maybe, like, 100 bucks. And it's packed. I'm talking, like, you'd be like, how are you, how are you not making any money? It, held, it, was a, it was an actual club that held, like, 500 women. And it'd be standing room only. But then it'd be like, when do you get on stage? I'd go on stage first. They ain't drunk. And I'd go on stage first, sometimes last. Nothing. And it was like, just like politics too, you know? And you do like table dances and stuff, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> in between. But like, I'm not, like, I didn't understand the game. Yeah. And I'm watching these dudes make like stupid money. And of course I'm behind on rent. So I'm like, fuck, man, this ain't working. I almost quit. I had to get my shit out of my place. So my boy was on the east side of Detroit, a guy I was working with. And uh, he's like, man, just stay with me. So I, I got rid of all my shit, put in a storage unit, sold some of it, and I moved down. And I'm sleeping in his basement on a couch. And um, then I started, like, half-ass, like, finding my groove. And then we'd get customers. So mm-hmm. like customers would come in and they could, they could buy you for the hour or for the night. Yeah. I know it's going to be crazy to wrap your head around because like it's, it's the antithesis of what we think. Right. So then we'd get clients and, you know, they'd sit with you and just want to talk and they'd give you 150 an hour. And when you got one of those, you're like, oh shit. Okay. I'm doing all right. And then talk. I- What's that? They would want to talk? People don't believe that. Like, I mean, it's a whole other, like, when I talk about, like, that was the best acting class 
in the history. I wouldn't recommend like people going and selling themselves and stripping, but that's what I had to do at the time. And they would just want to talk. If you did anything sexual, they're gone. Interesting. And, and they're on to this guy. Because people would be like, dude, there's no way. There's no way that they're just doing like and I I I seen dudes that would like I'm talking stupid money. Fifty G's. And these girls, now I, as long as, let let me tell you something, because here's the thing to where, now that I'm older, I try to like be somewhat respectful, um, and not glorify shit. So I paint both pictures. Right. Right. Um, it all exists. It all exists. So here, here's the thing of like, and that's, here's, that's like having my uncle that was like a pimp and a drug dealer and like being in that lifestyle, like in hearing stories, I heard so many stories. I didn't have a traditional fucking white boy childhood at all. So I heard a lot of stories about shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then I think subconsciously I had an affliction for it. Mm-hmm. Right? And so I'm I'm just gonna I'm gonna I'm keep it real, otherwise I guess it's in vain. So I would see, you know, like I had a couple guy boys that they had these customers that worked at a bank and these girls would steal money from the fucking bank and give it to them. One girl. Now this is Holy where it's shit. fucked up. This is like, this is the fucked up shit. Um, but this is also the stuff that I think makes me a good writer. This is where it segues. It wasn't in vain. You know what I mean? Definitely not. It, this it, is all a- contributing to the person that's sitting in front of me right now. Yeah, and I like to think that, you know, I'm I'm a I'm a better person because of it. And I probably got my my karma. I'm sure I did. Um but like we'd have clients that would just fucking, you know, put themselves in a poorhouse to give us money. And we we For connection, do you think? Yeah, a lot of it was for connection. You know, the same reason because there was no like I kid you not, the minute the minute you gave them, like, it was all about creating a fantasy, not fulfilling it. It's like Hollywood. And I, I'm, 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 the people might dispute this, but I honestly believe, and I've said this, the only difference between Hollywood and a strip club is a union. Because it's all about a price. Hmm. We all ain't going to do some shit until the money goes up. Right? For the most part, I most think. I us, think depending on the person, it always depends, but... Most of I, us. I see your point. Most of us were like, I wouldn't do that. And then it's like, yeah, but you would for this. Most of us. It's just you ain't been put in that situation or your price hasn't been named. Right? Sure, most of us got that definite fucking line in the sand. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing it. Fuck the money. It ain't worth it. I can do that now because I've been in situations to where I have sold out. I've compromised myself. I've compromised my morals. I've done shit I shouldn't do. I've slept with married women for money. I was, but that's, that's like, what the fuck was I going to do? You know what I mean? I understand. So it, it's me justifying it. It was still wrong. And I'm sure I, I got my karma and I'll probably get my karma. But yeah, so like, that was the thing of, you know, you, I'd see these women come in and, and married. One girl, her dad had a jewelry store. She stole tons of jewelry, stole his money, gave it to my boy. One girl got credit cards in her dad's name and would have the bartender 
Are we supposed to just be talking about acting, or does this like this oh, sounds we'll like? Oh, we'll get there. Oh, we'll like, get there. This sounds like we're one still of those. on question one. <laughs> I still feel like- you. I will say you probably hold the record for most thorough um, answer to my journey question, uh-huh. and I fucking love it because oh, your story okay, is fucking incredible. <laughs> I feel like because sometimes I feel like this could turn into like, one of those like Vice shows. What do you mean? Like they'll talk about like like they'll have fucking con artists on and those like talking about shit. But it's just because this story I was getting ready to tell. This girl got credit cards in her dad's name. Now she didn't get the actual tangible credit card, so she would fucking pay the bartender. You know how like if it doesn't swipe, they punch it in manually. Yeah. You ever have that happen? I think so. Yeah. Well, if, uh, sometimes because of the the magnetic strip isn't working. Exactly. So they yeah, yeah, punch yeah. it in. Well, she would pay the bartender to Fake punch it, it in because she didn't have the actual credit card. So she's like, I'll give you a hundred bucks to punch it in. She'd take out a thousand bucks. He'd give her a thousand bucks from the register. She'd buy all the fucking drinks, give all the money to my boy. She racked it up to, I think, 75 grand. Wow. Give my buddy 75 grand from her dad's. For like how much work? Oh, there was no. Like how 75 grand for. Oh, over the course of mm, six months. She stole the fucking jewelry Holy shit. off her grandma in her casket and pawned it and gave it to him. Now, is that fucked up? Yeah, I'm saying it's fucked up. This ain't me glorifying fucking stripping. 100%. This is me telling you, like, I was in the trenches. I was in, a, I was in like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, like, and then I'm seeing these dudes and all I'm seeing is dollar signs, mm-hmm. right? And I'm, like, still trying to give my mom money. Yeah. And try, I'm sleeping on my boy's couch. And then it, like, it wasn't a bunch of times. Like, I did find my groove. And when I found my groove, I started making really, 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 really good money. Mm-hmm. And then there was instances to where, not a bunch, like, I'm not, like, excuse me. Um, it ain't like I was fucking Johnny Stud, just Johnny Gigolo. But it turned into instances to where girls say, like, how much for, you know, to take to outside of here, right? And mm-hmm. if it was girls I knew I'd never see again, it'd usually be girls from like out of town. They weren't happy, weren't happy in their marriage or whatever. And then like I started like not like like like. Look at me, that's like a, a softener. I started like sleeping with you, them like for you money. You are preaching to the choir. I am all valley girl. I use like and um and I talk in the back of my throat. Way too much. You even called me out on my softener today where it's mm. I breathe in between fucking saying things all that's, the time. And that's what I'm doing. <laughs> and that's that's exactly what I'm doing. Probably just trying to soften the blow. But yeah, so I started sleeping with girls for money or I'd let them like, you know, do whatever for, for money. And then I'm like, wait, the fuck? So... That's probably where the extrovert came out. If you looked at me on paper, here's the thing. And you're you're probably going to be nice and say it ain't true, but it's true. If you put on paper from birth to 19 years old, I should probably be in a fucking drug house. Worthless on paper. If you gave it to someone at a company and was like, do you want to hire this guy? Like born in the ghettos of Detroit. Parents are dropouts. I understand what you're saying. I do. I just... I just refuse. But 
maybe now, but on paper. Did you think it would be permanent? Which part? What would be permanent? The lifestyle that you were leading at that time. This tripping? Mm-hmm. Well, fuck. It was, um, I wasn't sure. I wanted to be an actor. My dad did theater and was pursuing acting. Really? Yeah, in Detroit. And then he fucking gave it up to get us out of the hood. Right. And, and, and moved up there. And I had a, I loved entertaining like with the magic and the dancing. And I had, I did want to be an actor. I remember when I was like 17, 18, I wanted to be an actor. I thought, but what the fuck are you going to do, bro? Did you feel like you were sort of get, like starting that journey during that time? Because you are performing. Yeah, I do believe that. Did you put on a character? Me and my brother were doing impersonations literally. And I hate when fucking actors say that. Like, oh, I used to perform. Like, I fucking hate that shit. Like, I'm uh, only because, like, when someone says, like, well, how'd you want to be an actor? And like, oh, I used to, I've been wanting to act since I was six. I've been acting my whole fucking life because we were fucking poor. I've been trying to be something my whole life. Like, this is me. The way I'm talking to you now is really me. But people would call me wigger. People would say shit. So I tried to be a fucking square. I tried to be a white dude from the suburbs to get accepted. Because, like, the real me is a fucking ghetto-ass white kid that grew up with parents that swore and everything and was nothing but dysfunction. Nothing but dysfunction. So when I start like, this is me being real. This is the real me coming out. I have to clean it up sometimes and be like, Johnny, you know, people probably can't handle. Like, if I get real angry, I start getting real ghetto. And so my whole life has been an act, an act of like, I'm good enough. Like, I don't, I don't, I'm not poor. I got a house. I got like, cause I was just fucking worthless. I felt worthless. So that it was an act. It was always a fucking act. An act of like trying to get, I had to sing for my supper really. You know what I mean? Like, so like. You're reminding me of something I heard Dave Chappelle say once, which is, um, I'm acting when I'm off stage just so that I can make, and I'm butchering his quote, um, just so I can make that man on stage do what he does. I put on an act so that guy can be saying his piece. That makes sense. That makes sense. That kind of reminds me of what you're saying. I feel like everything that you're doing is leading to you becoming the person that you wanted to the, the real you that that's it but i couldn't be i never felt like i could be i could have been and it would have got me fucking further but i didn't feel like when i was in, in fifth grade like i i kind of like had this swagger and i walked with a limp at fourth grade in catholic school and girls would say shit about it like that was the real me like the the way i talk this is the real me but then i was forced to be like Man, fuck, I'm dating this girl from the suburbs. I and mean, that's most of us. We're all actors. Let me fucking clean it up for her parents and let me act like fucking, you know what I mean? Uh, you know, I'm I'm taking fucking bird baths in the sink. Every, yeah. You know what I mean? Because, yeah. like, I ain't got a shower, but I'm going to act like you're never going to know that I ain't got fucking heat and hot water. I'm going to act like that. Yeah. But going back to childhood, me and my brother were doing, literally, we're just fucking doing impersonations since since we could talk. Right. And he was, he was hilarious. And that's, like, we... We had that was 
we were poor ghetto kids. So we, that's what we were doing was just, um, like most kids, I guess, playing house and shit. But that's that's what that's what we did. And when I was 18, I remember like signing up for these acting classes and being like, fuck, but how am I? They were in the city. I was like, I ain't got fuck. How am I going to be a fucking actor? I ain't got no fucking connections. I ain't got a fucking pot to piss in. How am I going to pull this off? And I used the stripping as a say. What happened was with the stripping, I was like, this is a form of entertainment. Yes. I can dance and get paid in the process. Mm-hmm. The, 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 you know, having to get naked is just, you know, a necessary evil. Um, so that was just like, it, for me, it was a means to an end. But, and girls would say to me, like, you, what are you going to do? You can't be a stripper forever. And I used to always tell them, we can't be a fucking doctor forever either. Yeah. I didn't have, like, I knew it was something I wanted to do, but I didn't know how because it seemed so, so far-fetched. So what was, like, the catalyst that got you to write, produce, direct, and star in the film that you made that was based on your life story? I started Up until that point. Because your life story is still happening and continuing. But I think pretty much misled, which is the film that you made, was basically around about the time that time period in your life. Yeah, it it was about that. I started writing some like I was just crazy shit would happen to me. And I'd start writing it down and I was like twenty two and I used to stay up all night like on fucking Red Bull and energy pills and shit. Mm-hmm. And because I was just like living a fast life just doing off the wall shit, not drugs, but just off the wall stuff. You know what I mean? You know, it's funny, like, because the Red Bull and what did you say, like, uh, caffeine pills? Is that what yeah, you said? Yeah, like, from um, gas station. <laughs> drugs. It's drugs, technically. It's a, yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. It's in the aspirin's eye of the beholder. A, aspirin's a but drug. yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But I wasn't doing like I never touched coke. Yeah, I didn't even drink a lot of times mm-hmm. when I was when I was stripping. Mm-hmm. You know, I just wanted the fucking money and like clothes and cars and shit. So I would I started writing something when I was twenty two. I wrote, I wrote some shit, but because what I was going through was like far out. You know what I mean? I tell my boy stories, and it was just like my my mind got twisted. Right here I am in a club. All these girls coming in are getting married. All of them. And they're doing shit. That you shouldn't be doing right before you get married. No. And I'm, yeah. my, my, my thing is just jacked. Like monogamy, loyalty. Man, get the fuck out of here with that. Ain't no such thing. Did you look at it like just a big exercise in hypocrisy? It, I did because like what would start happening, the first instance was... I'll get to the misled, but this is how, like, this is the stuff that happened. These girls invite us to a hotel room. And, like, I'm messing around with this one girl, da-da-da-da-da. And then her friends, like, it's me and my boy and probably, like, six of them. And this girl's, I don't know, my age, young 20s, man. And her girl's like, oh, my God, they're coming back. And I'm like, what, what's up? What's, what's going on? And she's like, oh, you got to leave her. The men. Yeah, the men are coming back. And she's like, how much do we owe you? And I was like, shit, I thought we were here for free. They pull out money. And my boy's like, just throw us each 100 bucks. And I'm like, because, I mean, like, 
I'm like, this is, this is all right. We were just, we were just having fun, but this is cool. So she gives us each a hundred bucks and she's like, you guys got to go. My husband's, my fiance's coming back and he's got the room next door. And I'm like, I remember like the next day I'm telling one of my boys and I'm like, dude, this is what the fuck? I'm seeing 500 women two, three nights a week that are all like, <laughs> all got men and all married and getting married. And so what am I going to think? Right. Yeah. But my dad brought me right back down to earth and he's like, he always kept it real with me. I could always tell him everything. He's like, dude, bro, there's, but there's women that ain't even going to go in there. That ain't all women. Right. There's women that ain't going to step a foot in there. And then there's women that won't get dances. That ain't all of them. Now, mind you, you know, he was, and my mom were together forever, you know? So, and that was the, like, yeah, he's right. But man, I was just, I was seeing so much left and right. Yeah. And those instances is what, when I, uh, to jump ahead, because I wrote Misled, like, 2012, and I started acting when I was 24, got a little bullshit student film gig, came out here, took a boot camp for 30 days, did good, teacher pulled me to the side who didn't give any compliments he's like bro you're, you're gonna be all right keep going and well he's not even a year later i booked the lead in this independent film mm-hmm. playing a meth addict and it went to sundance right it went to it didn't go to sundance i know it got on the short list but it went to a bunch of festivals and won awards and shit and i was like oh man i can do this and then i went to a film festival for that film and this guy is like oh what are you doing next fuck i don't know bro He's like, dude, write your own. And I guess he, he he teaches screenwriting at some, like, UCLA, one of these top schools out here. Mm-hmm. And he's like, write your own. I'm like, dude, I ain't never wrote anything, right? <laughs> I ain't even got <laughs> I got an eighth grade education, bro. So I was like, fuck it. You know what? I will. So I bought every fucking book on Amazon I could for screenwriting. And I wrote a hundred and something page what I consider now is a treatment and kept finessing it, finessing it. And then I sent it to him mm-hmm. and he's like, well, I can tell you obviously read a lot of scripts. This is good, but I have a problem with X. Right. I'm like, I don't give a fuck what you got a problem with. I just needed to like get some confidence because I didn't have the confidence to, to write. I don't know story structure and fucking, you know, right. So once it's a whole different art that you have to learn if you're going to go into, you know, writing whole different art. Yeah. Whole different art. But all I needed to hear was, well, obviously you read a lot of scripts. I ain't read a motherfucking script in my life besides the movie I just did. Yeah. So you telling me that just like gave me some extra confidence. Like, oh, oh, he thinks I know. He thinks I know what I'm doing. He just didn't like how I portrayed one of the characters in the movie. Mm -hmm. Because look, the. The priest in it, if I'm going to keep it 100, the priest that beat the fuck out of my brother was a fucking child molester. And he molested my oldest brother. Mm-hmm. Right? So, <laughs> I stuck that shit in there. And my brother couldn't fucking admit it till two or three fucking years ago. But you knew. We had an idea, man. This motherfucker was funny. He used to have like 
And I ain't even like, I think he'd be cool with it. Me saying it because we went on this Facebook thread about this motherfucker. Like I don't hold many grudges. I'll look past anything. I don't look past people that fuck with kids. 100%. Like that's it. Yeah. I mean, I'll go to jail for, for what I'll fucking do to you. Thank God he's dead. But yeah, he was just like, um, my dad knew something was up with him too, but this is in the fucking late eighties, early nineties. You say something about a priest, I'm like, get the fuck out of here. The priest don't fuck with no kids. When was it? Um, two th- like when the Boston Globe article finally came out um, about the whole... Like Spotlight? Yeah. yeah. Like 2002, 2003-ish. <sighs> yeah. So yeah. that was way before. Yeah, way before. Like it was unheard of. But my dad and my mom were so fucking street smart. But they'd ask... Is anything up with this dude? Is anything up with this dude? Like, this motherfucker used to rub my shoulders, and I was a loudmouth kid. Like, I know, like, is like I was always popping off at the mouth. I wasn't a good candidate, right? Because, and he was, motherfucker was testing me. Like, he'd rub my shoulders and shit, and I'm like, man, what the fuck are you doing? Now I'm 7, 8. He knew, I think, like, this, this fucking kid ain't going to be good. And then he, like... One time, this will make sense. This is where I'll tie into misled. I know I'm jumping around, but this is <laughs> this is something. He um It's all something. Yeah. Uh, like I was talking during mass, because my brother was the captain of the altar boys and uh the one that he fucking molested. And me and my other brother were just altar boys. But I was talking during mass and he fucking like calls me over afterwards and fucking smacks me and he digs his keys in my head. And I told my dad, and mind you, like, I know I was shy, but that was like my class clown shit. Um, I, you know, I told my dad, da 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 You know, and they're like, well, you're fucking, you're always popping off. You're a little smart ass, you know what I mean? Yeah. So they look past that. And then he, with me, he would just like, the breaking point, which was weird, I look back, like we'd walk from the fucking school to the to the church and like we were just fucking around online this motherfucker picks me up by my throat and throws me on the fucking grass and i like hit the flower bed and i remember telling my dad too and he's like what did you do you know what i mean Mm. and i'm like man what the fuck and then it was like it it wasn't until because he'd always ask like hey is that motherfucker funny he was doing the candy shit giving kids candy you know what i mean but then the fucking weird thing was he started like buying my brother underwear that was the weird thing he brought him fucking underwear it's all weird and and it's all weird yeah like the like if you my dad like went to a catholic school where he got hit and it was like one of those things like back then like my dad's catholic school was like the priests were just tough they say shut the fuck up and smack you but they weren't fucking with kids so he thought it was that right and i had a big mouth so okay if it was just that maybe but it was the fucking like this dude was a a fucking pedophile you know what i mean so when i wrote the script i knew like he wouldn't admit it but i was like oh so we switched schools and then one of the moms that my mom knew was like hey look they were cleaning out his house and they found fucking pictures of little kids and my mom's like will you fucking say that in court and she's like yeah and then she fucking ghosted and someone got to her and she fucking wouldn't admit it. So my brother finally 
it fucked him up. You know what I mean? Of course. He finally admitted it to me a few years ago. And I was like, dude, I mean, fucking, I, I mean, we fucking knew he was. You know what I mean? And you included it in the movie before he admitted it to you. Yeah, because I knew there was no doubt in my mind. Did he see the movie? Yeah. What yeah. did he say? Um, not much. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't say much about it. And it's funny because he admitted it to me after the fact. But I mean, I knew when she told like, okay, fine. He didn't do it to you. When the lady like. I knew the motherfucker was a pedophile when he was having you try on underwear. What fucking dude has uh, a kid trying on underwear? You know what I mean? Yeah. And then they found pictures. So that's good enough. I'm going to put this shit in the fucking movie because it, it is one of those things that changes, right? It, it changes the fucking trajectory of your life. Yeah. Good, bad, or indifferent. So when I put that shit in the movie, that was the thing the dude said he didn't like. He's like, I like it all except the priest, you making him, uh, you know, gay. And I thought, I really don't give a fuck. They say write what you know. Yeah, it's what I know. Yeah. That's what I know. You know what I mean? And that's what I wrote the movie about. And I don't want to glorify, like, glorify the the dancing. Because I, if I would have made it... Um, I could have sent you. I should have sent you a screener. Um, I've been I've been trying to find it online. Oh, if you would ask me, I would have just emailed you a screener. Um, I'll, I'll watch it after. Oh, okay. I'll watch it. I'll reach out to you. And we'll I won't give. Uh, I do want to see it. I won't give it away. Um, I didn't want to glorify. Like, I if I would have made it like really, really about my life, like on the dancing, they would have been like, I can't root for this dude. Here's a young dude getting paid from women to have sex. Fuck him, right? You weren't rooting for Channing Tatum. It was nice to look at him. Not really to root for him. You know what I mean? Like, he wasn't struggling. Like eh. I understand what you're saying. I, I just think it's very hard for me to see myself not rooting for you, particularly because I know you now. And I, you're telling me this story... PG version or not. If I ain't PG no more. <laughs> I, I, I was doing the old surface thing. <laughs> like to where you just like, yeah, everything's cool. Everything's okay. Yeah, the fucked up childhood. Who didn't have a fucked up childhood? Everything. Yeah, you know, it's what you do, man. Life ain't like that's normally me. You know what I mean? And, and it is me. Yeah, life, you know, to live is to suffer. Life fucking, you know, you just keep going. That was, but that's, and that's the shit I developed as a kid, right? It was like, I just had a, like a callous thing about me. And being the youngest, so I'd watch and I'd be like, mm, cool, don't do that. And But how much of it is genetics? My mom said I didn't cry as a baby. They had to take me to the doctor. Yeah. And they're like, he don't cry. We'll leave him, like, if he's in a room alone, nothing. And he's like, I guess you just got a good baby. And a lot of that is me. So, like, and that's the introvert part of me. Like, listen to me, you're probably like, this dude ain't, like, but I am. At 17, I didn't have any of my friends. I didn't let them come over to my apartment. I didn't have any parties. I never had, like, people as, like, the real me, right? And I think it was developed as a kid, like, just, I just fucking always took it on the chin. Yeah. And thought, what the fuck good is it going to do to, like, cry? Like, what am I going to fucking complain? Like, this is it. This is it. And I remember telling myself at 17, it's going to sound fucking crazy. I would tell myself, this is morbid, but it's real. If I can't 
live the life that I want, then I don't want to fucking be here. And that's the truth. And it's like crazy fucking like, but it, it's the fucking truth. Like I would tell myself that some other people got nice shit. Other people got, why can't I have that? And I don't want to fucking be here if I can't have it on my terms. And I ain't got the fucking balls to kill myself. And I've thought about it. I'm like, man, fuck. It would just be nice to like, man, fuck. To wrap a fucking rope around my neck and fucking, you know what I mean? Like, that's the truth. I'm just keeping it real. I'm like, fuck, I can't do that. So I'm stuck in this motherfucker. That's the truth. Yeah. Like this, how, like I'm talking now is the voice in my head. Like that's, and it's probably a different John than you know from Hot Shots. Because Johnny Hot Shots, I got to be Johnny. But like the real, the real me if I'm keeping it real, like those, that's the, that's the voice in my head. That's the truth. And that's why I'm like, I'm fucking stuck here. I'm stuck here. So this shit has to go on my terms. I don't know what made me think that it's 17. I don't know what, but I'm like, why the fuck? Why can't I just have it my way? Well, do you think that that was that thing that was always inside you? That was like, it's going to be okay. I do. And it's weird because no, it ain't weird. I'm a firm believer in God. Any kind of God. Mm-hmm. I'll pray with Muslims. I was brought up, I consider myself a Christian. I'll, I'll pray with anyone that'll pray with me. I'll go to a synagogue, a mosque. I'll pray with anyone because we're all going to get our prayers answered. There's something going on. And I think that's what it is. And I'm thinking, damn, what? but it, doesn't everyone have that? Do we suppress it? Do we ignore it? And it's kind of like, what is that voice? Because that's what that voice says to me. It says it to me just like that, like, <laughs> That's really interesting because I have that voice too, but I don't know what it is yet. I'm. It's cool that you've sort of feel like maybe you've identified where it comes from, but for me, it's like, am I being naive? Am I just like really, really naive? And I have some sort of belief that things are gonna go the way that they should, and and that I, you know, maybe things will turn out not exactly how I want, but maybe even better or that everything will be okay. Like I, because I have that voice too sometimes. I have never said this out loud either, either, but like I have that voice come up and then I'm like, am I just being dumb? Am I being hoodwinked by something that's like in my head? Am I fooling myself? What is the voice like? Is that what it's saying? Like everything's everything's fine, chill? Not chill. For sure not. No one's okay. But it's yeah. uh it's keep doing what you're doing. Do it the best you can. And it'll it'll be fine. I mean I believe that. And I mean Carl Jung would call that what the collective unconscious. That we all have that. And I don't believe it's like a thing of, oh, you can be anything you want to be. No, I couldn't be a fucking singer. I could be a better singer that you might not plug your ears. I wouldn't be <laughs> winning American Idol. Like, and my parents wouldn't tell me that. They tell me like, dude, you're good at that. Da 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 da. Pursue that. It wasn't a thing of like, I can be anything I want to be. No, it was a thing of, and I think that voice is, honestly, the universe, God telling you like that that's that stillness for me there's been too many too many instances in my life through horrible 
traumas and calamities. And my parents, thank God they instilled that in me because my mom had unshakable faith. And my dad does in the face of stupid, stupid adversity. We were getting kicked out of a house when I was probably seven. A piece of shit. Roach infested fucking house because they couldn't afford the taxes. Honestly, the taxes might have been 200 bucks. They couldn't afford the taxes. My mom, I couldn't make this up. Swear to God. On her, she didn't even have, no, I'm not going to swear on her grave. But I swear to God, she goes to the church. She lights a candle for a house. Leaves the church. Walks across the street. This lady has a for sale sign. She sticks it in the ground and says, you want to buy a house? And my mom says, I ain't got no money. She goes, Let's go inside and talk. I got to go to Tennessee and this place is completely furnished. You can make payments to me. Wow. And that was, we moved into that house. And it was that, like, you can't, I can't write that off. I can't write that, that like you, you, you can't. And it was always a thing of like, and I'd pray and I'd pray and I'd pray and I'd pray. Even when I was doing wrong, even when I was stripping, I'd pray. You know what I mean? And I do things to try to like right my wrongs, but I would just always pray and say, I don't know, I, I, I'd, I'd go to, you know, church and just say, God, I don't know, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Like, I don't, I don't know what to do. Just show me. And, and it, it worked till this day. It works. And that voice and I, we all have it, doesn't matter your denomination, is what got me through every time. And you just got to listen to it. And like, did I, did I answer your question about Yes, it misled? does. Yes. <laughs> yes, it did. Beautifully. Beautifully answered my question about misled. And I do, um, thank you for sharing that with me. Um actor question mm-hmm. yeah that thing how did, <laughs> how did we get here um no it's amazing um what would you you're a big believer in creating your own work then yeah what would your advice be to people that were trying to go down that path just fucking do it yeah that's why I'm, I'm i'm such a fucking i think the people that come to me and and and, and you know. are you gonna say that like people that come to you to ask for like advice mentorship how do i do this thing do you have a little bit of like a thing where you're like well I didn't have that. I figured all this shit out on my own, which is completely a respectable point of view. Hmm. And the thing is, I learn by doing. Do you think that like that would be the best way to learn just to get in there? Learn by doing, you mean instead of like approaching someone like me and asking for advice? I mean, I feel like you can ask for advice, but like... I would have been way more. I feel like a lot of people need handholding. Some do. And I'm going to try to. Um, shit, you asked me something I was going to say because like, I think the people that fucking. 
come to me and, and, and come to hot shots, do it because I keep it real. Some, some people get offended, but I'd rather like keep it real. And some people don't, don't fuck with me or come to hot shots, but at least they know where they stand with me and never in like a, a I don't put people down. No, you don't. I'll tell you to memorize the lines. I've, t- I've, t- I've told people to memorize the lines and they lost their shit on me and won't come back. It's that kind of thing. Okay. But even the way I told them to memorize their <laughs> it's lines. It's a part of the job. I know, but I've had, I've had people do it. it they, they just, they, um, some people can't handle But I've been in acting classes to where they just want your money. I'm not Johnny Transaction. I can't. It's ingrained. Like if there's something ingrained in my DNA. You care. You're passionate about what you do. Yeah. 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 So I'll just tell people like, I'm honestly, I might not be the one for you. I might not. With the with, making your own work, you do have to do it. There was a, a question you asked me. What was the question you asked me after that? What would you say to people looking to get in there get to do their own work? You have to fucking, you got to do it. I can't tell you the doors that open for me making my own work. No two people's stories are going to be the same. I didn't get from my feature, I didn't get financial success. I had an investor. He gave me the money. Yeah. I made the movie. I'm proud of the movie. Uh, It didn't like, it went to some festivals. But the hustle part of me, I rented out AMC theaters. And I stood outside of them selling tickets and I'd sell them out because I just wanted to pack the theater and get my movie scene. And there was, and I made another short film, sold my car, didn't have the money to do it, racked up credit card debt and made a a short film in 2016. That thing has got me so much work. I didn't do it like for the, for the monetary gain because most movies don't make money, but I just wanted to do it. And most people, I, I'll i tell people, if someone comes to me, I, I, I do honestly like to help people. I know you do. And pay it forward. Maybe because I didn't have someone doing that for me. If someone came to me and was like, hey, dude, how do I, dude, I'll tell you exactly how to do that. But I won't cast my pearls before swine. If someone like doesn't fucking listen, we're done. But you got to help me help you. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm the dude that would have, till this day, if, like, if I wanted to direct a TV show and I like directing, I would, Spielberg, Scorsese, Fincher, if they're like, dude, you can be the fucking, you can get my coffee every day for a month. Yeah, bro. I will give you hundred dollars a day to get your coffee every day for a month and i swear to god i won't say one fucking word to you i interned at sony when i was in college early college and i worked in the international television department and it wasn't a great intern my favorite part my favorite part i'd go around to everyone and get their coffee order so that i can walk through the lot and just like watch and like see the action. That's pretty And see cool. what was going fucking on. You see you're getting in your bones then. You're like, getting you're 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 I like to immerse myself. I like to get in there, see it. Well, and you're also 
getting not to get woo woo, but I mean, you're getting your, your body and your subconscious mind used to that environment. You're getting it used to it. Like, Oh shit. That's right. Fucking here. I mean, what's the difference between me and them? Yeah. And it wasn't like I wanted to like do a celebrity sighting. I just like, I, I really loved learning about what was going on behind the scenes, but in my heart, I knew that I was a performer and I wanted to be on set. And like, I love the whole filmmaking process. And I'm like, I'm in this office all day. Like, I want to get in there and see them making the movies. Right. Most people ain't wanted to do that. Yeah, I was only going to get coffee. <laughs> do you know how many fucking people ask me for advice, but they won't, like, if I tell them what they got to do, they ain't going to fucking do it. People want to be an actor and they can't even. I thought about this this morning. Like, this is why rejection don't fucking bother me. Like, I've been, I've slept on floors in the fucking winter with no heat. You you can't, like, I grew up without shit. You can't. You're not scared of hard work. Or, or fucking, like, what's the worst that can happen? Uh, no. Nothing. So, f- rejection. Yeah. I don't give a fuck about rejection. You'll be literally in the same place you were before. Yeah. The opportunity. Well, that's right. But here's the thing. But you learn. You learn. But most most fucking people, not only that, like that, there, there's these platitudes that make us feel good. I'm a fucking like masochist when it comes to shit. I'm a fucking masochist. Like if someone's like, dude, you couldn't fucking still sleep on your floor. I would like not eat tomorrow and go sleep on my fucking hardwood floor just to prove a point like that. And I don't have to. But I would. Most actors ain't willing to. If someone said to me and I was like, dude, you want to fucking like toughen up? Don't eat tomorrow and fucking sleep on a hardwood floor. They ain't going to fucking do it. That's the difference. You can't beat a fucking dude like me because I, we all got something like we're afraid of losing. I ain't got now, I guess. Yeah. Now I feel like you. But in, in, yeah. Because you've built this beautiful life for yourself yeah but at the same time i'm not like it doesn't fucking scare me i grew up without shit i've been fucking rejected since i came out my mom i like literally no motherfucker that's all i've ever heard yeah most people ain't willing to do that so what do you say to someone that um really has a hard time taking criticism you gotta toughen the fuck up that's why the blessings like that's why like i look and i'm like oh i wouldn't have traded my life for anything that shit was gold two parents that loved me and did i had i had a jump start fuck the the poverty and the trauma that shit that's cool but that was the fucking that was the gold oh that was the gold i'd i'd say to someone that with the like you got to toughen the fuck up go up to fucking if you can't even go up to like a fucking girl and ask her out in front of her friends and you ain't ready or vice versa you gotta you you gotta toughen up i love how you use that example when i literally was talking to jason about like my dating life and getting his advice amazing i'll get your advice off camera it's too fresh Uh. (laughs) but um yeah, I you're to, right. You're right. I had to go in a club 
what that's that's why I said like the dancing was the best. I had to cold approach girls and ask them if they wanted to dance and they'd say no. And my fucking life depended on it. My life, my 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 bills, right? So then yeah. it just gets to the point to like it's just the law of averages. There's 500 girls in here. If I hit them all, someone's going to say yes. Someone's going to say yeah. And then yeah. you just get numb to it. And then you just get numb. That's why I don't give a shit cuz not it came with age though. Now it's like it ain't it ain't it probably ain't a me thing. Like if I was in the scene, I'd be like, eh, nah. you know, then yeah. you know what's so funny about this conversation. First of all, there were some funny parts. Most of it is like incredibly profound and deep. And like I'm so grateful that you shared your story the way that you did. But literally, like I had all these questions written out and you answered every single one without even me asking no. them. <laughs> Fucking amazing! I was doing that. I was like, childhood <laughs> trauma. Like, oh, there's no the words childhood trauma are not on this piece of paper. <laughs> oh, that's you got. That's a must with actors. <laughs> amazing. Um, yeah, I love that. I feel like because I was gonna ask you about the confidence that you exude, but I feel like everything that you just laid out for me kind of contributes to that. You, Do you feel like you exude confidence? Well, yeah, but you know what? Here's the thing, too. My whole fucking life was a lie. I was fucking made to believe, self-inflicted, probably, but somewhat externally, like I wasn't fucking shit. And the whole time it was a fucking lie. And I look and I'm like, do you know how many people... Like I, I got my fucking headshots when I was 18. My dad, my uncle, my uncle like lived with this guy that was a photographer and he fucking took these pictures for me when I was 18. Cause like I said, I want to pursue acting. So he took these pictures for me. I'll find them and send them to you. And so many people talk shit. And one of my bosses at the time was like, oh, I guess John thinks he's going to be like some kind of model or an actor. And I'm the dude that fucking thrives in adversity. That's the masochistic thing. Like, thrives. Well, because you're, I feel like that's what you have, unfortunately and fortunately, I suppose, the most practice in? Yeah. Yeah. So when someone's like, you can't, like. You I, can't scare you. Yeah, I just got off on it. It got to the point where I'm like, fucking, I just would thrive on, like, I date these girls and the parents fucking didn't like me because I was a dropout. My family was poor and I'm like, you motherfuckers don't know. I'm going to show you. And it's been like that since I was a little kid, a little kid. And then I, I like started to fucking thrive and get off on it. It get out of shape. And someone, someone fucking's like, dude, you fucking put on, put on weight. Like I love that shit. And it still happens to this day. It still fucking happens to this day. And shit, where was I going with that? You the had, confidence you exude. The confidence. Okay, so, and then I look back and all the fucking points I was trying to prove, I don't want to say, like, for naught, but it didn't fucking matter. Everyone I thought I had a point to prove to, like, I'm going to show them. I'm going to show fucking her and her motherfucking parents that I am somebody. By the time I did it, I was like, "Man, I kind of feel bad for them. I hope they're doing all right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pray for them. I don't even feel like fuck you. I'm, I'm gonna pray for them." I was like, "Fuck, man, I wish I would have known that like that shit was cool." 
Mm. That the ghetto part of me was cool. Here I am trying to be, and it's the shit that makes me. Yeah, it's what makes you stand out. I went when I got an agent here. I went and met with her. She hands me some sides. I go in there and a fucking button up, and she's like, "Okay." So I read it. Cool. Email the next day. Oh, we have someone like you. Like what the fuck? Did that click, or did it take a few more times? Dig this story. And this is the truth. I'm meditating. It sounds like I'm some woo-woo dude and I ain't. Because if you've seen the amount of work I put in, I seem like a realist. I seem like a realist. I ain't like this this sage burner. Look at his IMDb page, you guys. The man has a lot of work under his belt. And it's not usually with a button-up. Oh. <laughs> so, right? Yeah. Right. Right. That's exactly it. I meditate. And I ain't a fucking big meditator. This is like five, six years ago. And so, like that voice tells me, reach out to that agent again. I couldn't make this up. I swear to God. I probably got the email. I reach out to her. And I'm like, hey, I just want to follow up, you know, see what's going on. She goes, I had a dream about you last night. No fucking way. I swear to God. She goes, and I woke up. And I told my husband that you just emailed me. And he's like, you better sign that guy. Come to my office tomorrow. I'm like, what the fuck? I go in. She pulls up my clip from Misled. She goes, I need that dude. Yeah. The dude with the fucking scruff in the tank top. I need that fucking. It's your fucking story. And I was I was hiding it. She goes, I need that fucking. She goes, you came up in here with a fucking button up fresh off the bus from Ohio. <laughs> she goes, I don't need that fucking guy. I want this gritty ass dude from Detroit. And I'm like, fuck, that's the dude I've been hiding my whole life. And now I'm like, that's what the. F- I used to be ashamed of being a stripper and wouldn't want to admit it because I was like. I want people to see me as a real actor, and if they think I was, a, you know, a stripper, that'll probably mean that I don't have any talent. Da 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 da. And I, I look, and I'm like, I, I don't give a shit. I'd rather like. That's way more interesting than like, oh fucking. Not knocking anyone, because not people don't ask for. You're born into life. You're born in. But if it's like. Some fucking white dude, and he's like, "Oh yeah, my um, my dad's the CEO of Coca Cola, my mom's a lawyer, they both got fucking nine hundred credit score, everything's cool, fucking no childhood trauma, and fucking everything's just fucking." I'm like, that fucking sucks. Like you, you, like was your uncle a pimp? I mean, like did fucking <laughs> you like anything like fucked up? I can't relate to you. It's just a very different point of view, very different authenticity, yeah. different person, different walk of life. A different walk they of life. They have something absolutely to bring to the table, but it's going to be different than what you bring it's to the gonna table. It's going to be different. But yeah. from my standpoint of like, I was trying to be, be something that I mm-hmm. wasn't because I thought that would make me more uh, accepted socially. Like, oh man, maybe I'll fit in. Maybe then people will respect me because they ain't going to fucking respect me if they know I was a stripper and it, I got a fucking eighth grade education. And and here's the thing. And that's another thing. Like, it was a lie. The fucking lie of my teacher. Yeah. Telling my mom that I needed and, and God bless people that do. But I was like fresh at this school, 
not fitting in. The issue wasn't me. I didn't give a fuck about pre-algebra. You know where I did excel? Reading in English. Yeah. Which makes sense. Completely. That was it. And my English teacher loved me. had no problem. But it was a thing of like the teacher. That's where like that's what's wrong too. And that's like I look and I'm like, man, there's some little some little ghetto kid out there right now that has dreams. What's that? Systems. Yeah. And, And some teachers, someone, some authority, not necessarily some teacher, someone's feeding them the wrong bullshit. And that's why I do this because there's something I I just like some some fucking little girl or kid in the ghetto is going to be like, oh, shit, I'm being lied to. I remember I was in math, that same math class. I had a trick for percentages. And I raised my hand. This is like this is a shit that fucks people up. I'm 11, seventh grade. And it was like, you know, fucking some percentage of something. And I had this fucking trick that I somehow came up with. And I said, is this, can't you just take this and multiply times this and subtract it? And he's like, no, no, you can't do that. But it was the right fucking way. And I never raised my hand again. Yeah. But it was a trick that I found that I came up with and I felt, man, fuck, I can't raise my hand. And it wasn't a me issue. Now you just make me feel like a dumbass because I'm not doing it your way. Right. And I think, I think that, that's the theme, right? It's you do it a different way. You do it Everyone what works for do, you. Exactly. And I mean, I feel like we're still a long way away from what I understand from. Yeah, I don't know much about like academia. And yeah, I but I do know <laughs> I, what I do hear from people that are a little bit more in touch than I am with that stuff is that they're, we're still a long way away. But hopefully better than we were at that time. Hopefully. Hopefully. I wish. Yeah, I just I, I, I don't know. I wish someone would have just been like, oh, this year is these are his strengths. Yeah. This is like get your your get your basic math. You know what I mean? And like whatever his strengths are throw everything at that i fell asleep in social studies and history and geography i'm horrible at that horrible and your strengths weren't as supported no yeah no it's so interesting i think that's the um that's that's the issue i know i jumped like all around. It's fucking amazing. I loved it so, so much. I probably went off on a fucking long ass tangent. It was incredible. I loved it. Thank you. Gotta do you. I think that's the. Gotta do you. That's the and best if advice. If you can't, if you can't go a day without eating and sleeping on a hardwood floor, you ain't ready for rejection. You ain't ready for Hollywood. It's fucking hard. It's tough. I have a segment on my show now called silly questions to take seriously Mm. and this isn't a silly question because it sort of applies and never is silly in the end of the day um what was your favorite magic trick when you were performing magic do you still do magic sometimes i got like i got a box of magic tricks really uh, yeah in michigan did i bring some back i got a box of magic tricks in michigan so when i go back sometimes i loved card tricks and I had like, I would do like this rising card trick. And then that was probably one of my favorite ones. Like it would 
come out of the deck like yeah, that. Yeah, I would have someone yeah. pick a card and then, you know, I I could hide the card in the deck and then just set it down and their card would rise up. That was one of the first magic tricks I bought as a kid. That's so cool. Yeah, I I love it. Probably just, you know, that was a thing of too like an illusion. It was my fantasy land. For sure. Magic. I felt like somebody. What is your human superpower? My human superpower? That's a good question. I get what the fuck I want. Why? Because I don't give up. Love that. Perseverance? Um, Yeah, and... Tenacity? Fucking faith desperation and grit I love that answer and as long as I stick around long enough I'm gonna get it you know what I mean mm-hmm. like I'm still in the game sometimes you just gotta stay in the game and I say that to like I'm here as long as I'm fucking here as long as I can wake up I got a shot what do you want Which is so, it's such a simple question, but it is the probably now I'm, I'm realizing this as I just asked you this because it's very hard question to ask people. It's probably one of the most personal questions you can ask someone. Mm-hmm. And it, it would have changed if you would have asked me like, cause the last couple of years after I've become more of who I am too, after losing my brother and my mom and they were so fucking back to back and it's so fresh cause it was year and a half year ago now it's like you you ask me and it's like fuck what do i want not to have any more fucking blows you know what i mean like health i pray for health every night um yeah like if you would have asked me i know you're asking me now this is me going <laughs> off on a tangent <laughs> yeah i mean right now Peace, health, health for me and my family, and always financial abundance. Because you can't do shit when you're broke. Like, people say, oh, money doesn't buy happiness. Fucking poverty doesn't buy happiness. I've had that. So It can help. Fuck yeah. It, it, can, it, it makes a difference. It can hurt you if you Money puts a spotlight on who you are. what to do with yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. It puts a spotlight on who you are. Mm-hmm. My mom, every time she came into money, she gave it away. She gave it away. She had a hundred bucks. She was giving it away. That was just her nature. She wasn't doing nothing stupid with it. She was giving it away. And I think just money puts a spotlight on who you are. And the reason, you know, I think financial abundance is so important. It's just, (laughs) I mean, if me and you are starving... What the fuck is it good for us both to be starving? Now, if I got money, I can buy us both a sandwich. But what good is it if I we're now we're both fucked together? But health first. I put health at the top because my mom died at sixty-two and her health wasn't good. You know, longevity. Yeah. Health, longevity, peace of mind. You know. Which and, is part of health, mental health. Yeah. 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 All health. And then finances. Believe it or not, most people put finances at the top. Fuck that. After I lost half my family. What are you going to do if you're unhealthy with the finances? No? Man. Yeah. 
nothing like just having your loved ones healthy and just like that's a blessing. Mm-hmm. When you wake up every day, like when I wake up and nothing like happen, I'm, that's good. I didn't get no bad phone calls. And it's probably like no lies, some PTSD shit. You know what I mean? I feel like that's a very common thing right now. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's going through that right now. Yeah. That's a, I think health is the top of everyone's mind. It has been for a while. You just got to focus on it more. Mm-hmm. You know, count your blessings. Absolutely. It's too easy to like, just like be like, oh, this is wrong. I, first thing I go to, I'm just giving things for everyone and everything I got. Yeah. And that changes things. That changes things. Because we often just like, oh, this is wrong. This went wrong. I want this part. I want. I've been on both sides of the fence, man. I was uh, watching a video last night on TikTok because that's my new thing. It's cool. I love TikTok. It's addictive. It is because it really kind of feeds you the things that you're interested in. Instead yeah. of the, just like the people that you follow, it mm-hmm. it gives you n- like new content, new people. Anyway, someone was talking about how a really good exercise to do that uh, has to do with what you were just saying is really notice where you are. You have a roof over your head? Can you hear your air conditioning? Do you have a glass of water next to you? You're not in danger. You're you're okay. That's probably because a lot of the time when we're panicking about rejection and all these things, we're like in this fight or flight mode. It means that you're really not paying attention to what's really truly important and what's immediately surrounding you. Yeah, you're focused on the lack. Yeah. It's really in your head. And here's the thing. I realize I'm in a blessed situation to be able to be on both sides of this. I've had all kinds of nice-ass cars. I had tons of money when I was stripping every vacation. Had some cool acting roles. I'm doing okay now. Uh, it doesn't fucking change anything. The money part is nice if someone needs money, right? But no role will change. Yeah. I'm over that shit. You are who you are. You are who you are, but the, we as actors go, I'll be happy when, when I get this role. Mm-hmm. You know what's even fucking worse? Is when you realize, and then that dopamine, I'm in the running for two pretty good fucking projects right now. I can, You've been I'm, slaying it lately. I mean, always, but especially <laughs> lately, I noticed. Thank you. <laughs> Couldn't help but notice, John. Oh, I'm, I'm probably fucking, <laughs> fucking posting it. But you know what? I can honestly say it'll make zero difference in my life if I get them or not. Like it ain't gonna, but there's a time I would have been like, if I get that, that's it. That is, that is my happiness. And then what's scary is, as a kid, I built those castles in the sky and that was enough to live off of. Dude, when I just get that, I'm going to be happy. And I had fucking tunnel vision, which helped and it gave me a rush. Then I got those things and now I get those things and I appreciate them, but the high isn't high. And then you go, oh, fuck. Now what? Mm -hmm. That's what's scary. That's what's scary. 
it's almost better be having that, man, when I get that, I'm going to be happy. Once you get everything and you've accomplished, I feel like I've accomplished a good amount. You go, fuck, it doesn't make a difference. Yeah. Yeah. That's a scary place to be. That's a perfect segue to my last question. I know because I won't shut the fuck up. Oh my God, it's fucking brilliant. It's you're literally I didn't have to do shit. I could throw this over here. <laughs> it's so good. You're so prepared and so insightful. I'm I love it. Jonathan. Look out uh, every time I got I get nervous. You've got props. I'm just <laughs> I'm taking look shit. under the table. I'm so, like, you have a cornucopia see, that's why I don't of go to props. Therapy. That's why I've never been to therapy. I can't because then it probably wouldn't be this good. I'd rather keep it raw and like organic and I'm, I'm, not knocking, I'm not knocking therapy. God bless people. People probably need it. I love therapy. I, I think it's, um, I always say like everyone could benefit from it because probably. I'm sure I could after, I'm sure, uh, you know, after listening to this, get that <laughs> fucking guy some help. No, no, you were spectacular. So this is the question that maybe a therapist would ask. I don't know. Give me something. Here, take your cup. <laughs> empty cup of water. Are you okay? Yeah, for now. I don't know. I mean, like, and it's funny because you asked me that. What is okay? I'm okay. I'm okay now. Today, there's times I ain't. You know, there's You're times. You're feeling I'm, good today. Yeah, there's time, but you know what? I don't get mad when I don't. Right. I don't get mad when I don't. Mm-hmm. There's times I have a bad day because I had a fucking dream about a nightmare. Mm-hmm. And then I wake up in a bad mood. I'm like, man, fuck. I dreamt about my brother and my mom and I woke up and now they ain't fucking here. What the fuck? Now I'm having a bad fucking day. Yeah. And it's fucking heavy. And I mean, but I realize like that's what it is. And I'm I'm okay from the standpoint because I have the wherewithal now and the to go... Dude, life is a motherfucker. So every day, again, that like I have my dad, I have my wife, she's got her family, I'm good. Yeah, I'm okay. The minute I catch myself on like some stupid shit, I I, I tell myself, dude, shut the fuck up. Like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. What are you doing? So yeah, I, I think I... You're more than okay. I think. I think. Not to answer it for you. No. Yeah, I think. And I, I say that, but then there's times I'm like, man, fuck. I'm not. And I'll lie and say I am. A lot of people lie and say that they are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hoping that it, like it's a self-fulfilling prophecy because mm-hmm. no one gives a fuck. You know what I mean? Yeah. Most people don't. Some people do. Most people don't. You know what I mean? Like, what would someone say if they're like, hey, dude, how you doing? Man, bro, dude, I don't know. I just, I want to fucking, I wish I had the fucking balls to kill myself. Because it'd be nice. Like, just, sometimes I think that. Like, it'd be cool just to like, you ain't got to worry no more. That's the truth, right? And people go, and he doesn't need a therapist. <laughs> but, <laughs> it, but, I mean, like, that's the truth. But that's me keeping it real. You know, there's those days I think that shit. But then I'm like, fuck. Oh, I don't know what it's like on the other side. I'm going to hold off on that. I'm glad. 
<laughs> not, not to make it like I'm some like I'm some I'm some case, but I'd be lying if I said I I wouldn't. You know what I mean? Like that I don't have those thoughts. Like oh, dude, he's chilling. He's fucking Pollyanna. I think people freak out when people say that. Well, a rightfully so because um, sometimes you don't know where people are. You know, if they are thinking about it seriously or just thinking about it. Yeah. Um. A lot of people have those thoughts. Yeah. Um, thinking because who doesn't think about death and what's next? Yeah. Some people I don't think but they I do. But I feel like a lot of people don't have the courage to share that they thought about it because um, it's it's very scary. Yeah. And it's sad and it's shocking and it's um, people don't want to. Ooh, yeah, it's hard. It's hard. People get scared when they hear something like that. Yeah. But I think that comes with, like, um, I don't know, whatever. Too many. Like, life deals you some blows and shit, and maybe your first thing is like, man, fuck, like, huh. A lot of work being here. I can't take too much more. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's times I think that, like, fuck, I don't know if I could take any more, like, blows. I'm sure I could because I'm a man of faith. Do you feel like that happens? Because you have a lot of beautiful things in your life. And does it get scarier? No. Yeah. Well, As if you have, like, more things to lose? Yeah, people. Yeah people mm-hmm. you know what i mean that's exactly what i had in mind when i was saying that yeah only people yeah anything else i've lost and gained everything so many times i can get anything back it's just it's a sudden your fucking, loved ones yeah man yeah. when it's sudden you're like fuck when you're young you don't think about that but i've had so many like out of the blue i shouldn't say so many just close ones like your brother your my brother my uncle had a freak accident he was cutting his grass on a brush hog. You know what a brush hog is? Mm -mm. And so, like, he had, like, some property. And when I was 22, and we were close, I loved him, he had a tractor, and you pull a brush hog behind it. Right? Mm -hmm. It's, like, six feet wide for when you got farmland. It just cuts down a big fucking shitload of grass. He hit a stump. It threw him off the tractor and fucking ran him over and cut his arm off, cut all down and almost in half. And my dad found him. It was my dad's brother. And my dad found him and he stayed alive for nine days. And I remember my mom calling me. She's like, your uncle had an accident on the brother. I'm like, what the fuck? I was like 20. And he lived for nine days. Don't know how. Even the, the undertaker was like, I don't know how he lived for nine days because all this is gone right and that like shit like that of like these instantaneous and then like my brother like all, just boom 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 you're like man fuck this is like i'm always waiting for the under sh other shoe to drop mm -hmm. and it's to the point to where like i get like i guess it's anxiety because but i don't like look into that stuff too much but um like i get sick to my stomach when something good happens to me i understand I'm like, fuck. 
that ain't gonna like like literally i get nauseous if something good happens like i'm gonna fucking puke i'm like shit something's coming something, something's coming something's coming something's coming that's like me being real and I never like for, for me this probably is therapy because this is shit I want to talk about. I so appreciate you sharing this with me. This was so wonderful. Thanks. So when you ask if I'm okay, fuck, I guess the answer is I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's a perfectly acceptable <laughs> <Shit>. answer. <laughs> John, where can our listeners follow you? Um Instagram at the John Stan. J O N. J O N. T H E S J O N S T A N. Yeah. And then Hot Shots self taping, which we're always. Lots of gold. Posting stuff on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I try to keep it, you know, I try to make everything just edifying, you know. If people, you know, it's a lot of tough love. I love it. That's my style. I love it. Because I like tough love. Me too. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you. Such a pleasure. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. Thank you. Stay blessed. Keep the faith. Likewise. That's what it's all about. Thank you. Thank you. I'll see you guys next time. Bye. This podcast was produced by Jason Crow and me, Pamela Portnoy, with music by Jordan Ross Weinhold. You can follow the show on Instagram and Facebook at No One's Okay. And please don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. We love kind reviews. No One's Okay is also on YouTube. So if you want to see our faces, please subscribe to our channel. An extra special thank you goes out to Sean Moore, Claire Palmer, Jackson Palmer, Tiffany Hamoff, and Alexa Marie Anderson. This podcast was recorded at Soundworks Studios. Thank you so much for listening. See you next time.